Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi and you're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. So I came up with the topic for tonight's discussion. And tonight I wanted to do about rituals and the power of magic and the powers of sex magic. Because it's the time of year where a lot of people are celebrating different holidays and have different rituals that they tie to the holidays and I thought would be a good opportunity to talk about the power of ritual and the power of the intents that we put into rituals. And so I thought it would be nice. Mm-hmm. I know for me, ritual has been a very big part of my life. I've been doing rituals for many, many years and we all have different types of rituals. Sometimes we don't call them rituals. And then when we get ready for a really hot day, we go through a kind of ritual. And I think that's part of the purpose of ritual is to get us in the right headspace for what's coming. And so ritual can be a very powerful force in our life and can help us in many ways. I mean, not only with headspace, but also just changing our mindset and 
getting into that zone. And ritual is a time, especially more formal rituals, or even rituals that aren't that formal, but are important to us, can really set the stage for things to really happen. And I know for me, long ago I had a shaman tell me, he said, when you're doing a ritual, everything can go wrong. You, know, you might have tip over the chalice or all kinds of things can go wrong during a ritual. But as long as you set the right intent, everything can go wrong and it'll still work. But if you have no intent or you don't set a good intention from your heart, everything can go perfect and still the ritual will go wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. But what are some of the rituals that you've really experienced and gotten a lot out of? Well, I have a very interesting past with different rituals and things like that. My mom was pagan, so I grew up with a lot of her rituals and things like that. And I went to this, I grew up in a, a real new agey type church and we'd have rituals that went with that and they they meant a lot to me growing up and then as I continued to grow up I kind of stepped away from it because those were all other people's rituals and as much as they meant to me and did have power at the time it wasn't anything that I really had tied myself to. And then through training with you, doing lots of rituals with you, I started to get back into it and started to really understand that what goes to what you were saying, or at least in the ballpark, that rituals only have power because we give them power. And it doesn't really matter what it is that you set up as the rule. There's lots of traditions that rituals come out of, and you can look to some of those traditions to get ideas for different rituals. But in the end, it really doesn't matter. It is that intention that you were talking about that creates the power. I know that you and me do a lot of sex rituals and sex magic and then we do a lot of just plain sex and a lot of times we set our intention for a ritual and we might add specific elements to bring out the ritual side but most of what we do is the same as what we do when we're just having a regular sex experience, training night, things like that. But it is going into the situation with intention, and it's really powerful to me how, how big a difference it can make setting that intention. I know that recently the most powerful ritual that you and I did was I was going through a period of sorrow and sadness over things with a personal romantic relationship that 
had changed quite a bit. And you saw that I was going through a lot of sorrow and mentioned maybe doing a ritual of mourning. And because it was also the changing of the season into spring, I wanted to add a touch of renewal and revitalizing energy. And so we set this ritual up where I wrote down a number of different things that I wanted to mourn for. And then I wrote a, a, a number of things that I wanted to feel some renewal around. And we set the ritual, we cast a circle, and it started to build our energy around it. And I read off all of the things that I was mourning over. And I buried all of those. And then we came back and I read all of the things I wanted renewal over and burned them one by one. And the feelings that went into it it was amazing how much of a change I saw after that ritual. It took it a couple of days to really hit me, but after it did, I started feeling much better, and I was able to have this clarity that I came around to that really helped me to feel more energy in life and feel better about my loss and feel better about a lot of things. And it really, really did help me grow and feel a lot better. And I still feel the change that came from that ritual. So that one was very powerful to me. I know for me, you know, I've said this before on the show, there is a power in naming. And oftentimes when we get kind of lost in deep emotions, things cloud for us. It's hard to see and really get a good full grasp on reality. When we can name it and write it and make some type of gesture with what we've named and written, it can be very powerful and help give us a guidepost in life, I think. Mm -hmm. Gives us a direction and gives us clarity can oftentimes and I think with sex magic especially it can be very potent because sex is a very primal force within us and when we raise that primal energy it can really open up a deeper level within us in the subconscious and the higher conscious and open doors and perceptions and awareness that we wouldn't have otherwise reached without the ritual. I know that one of the things for me that makes sex magic particularly potent is that while sex feels amazing, there's all of these happy chemicals that flood your brain and you feel really attached to your body and inside of your body, I, I think that a lot of time, because the feelings are so intense and so powerful, sometimes 
it it is easy to lose the power of sex outside of the act itself. And I think that when you involve it in a ritual and you do sex magic, that helps lock the meaning and the power and all of those strong forces in your mind and in your head and allows you to have a fuller experience of them and be able to bring those feelings into your day-to-day life and into your everyday life in a way that I don't think happens as read when you don't have this importance that you have wrapped around that moment. And I think that that's one of the things that makes sex magic so powerful. I think it might be good to cover some of the basics of ritual Mm -hmm. for those that are new to doing rituals, because there's not really a right way or a wrong way to do ritual. It's what comes to you. Go with the flow and feeling in your heart and form that genital heart connection. There's things you can do, like, and I've been to many different pagan events, and there's many different branches of paganism, and there's many other religions in the world that uh, many incorporate ritual as part of what they do to reach a more enlightened state of mind and to reach a more spiritual state and to reach, for lack of better words, the deity or the goddess or the god within us all. And I think part of the process of ritual is to oftentimes set your intent and then often we will call either what deities we choose to incorporate, or we can call on an archetype. An archetype is basically something that moves us, that we feel is a, a kind of, uh, for lack of better words, a, a mentor or someone we want to aspire to become like that we find they have special attributes. And oftentimes when we can name these things and bring them in, it it gives us a new focus on where we really want to go and what we want to achieve and what we want to focus on in our lives. And I think focus is a key part of ritual. It brings us into a focus, and what we focus on becomes more real. But any thoughts? Yeah. So the first step is setting an intention. And I think that it's not necessary to plan a ritual out. You can do spontaneous rituals. But for me, I think some of the power comes from setting a time up in advance and thinking about... So you set your intention for what you want to bring about through the ritual, what kind of feelings you want, what kind of outcome, your desired outcome from the ritual. 
and think about it for a while and th- and think about what those things mean to you. If we were going to do a prosperity ritual, I would generally start off by thinking, what does prosperity feel like to me? What is the way that I want to feel prosperous? What would that look like? What would that feel like? And follow that and then different either tools or ceremonial elements. I know that for a lot of our rituals, we light incense, and I think anything that can arouse the senses so that not only are you using your words, but, you know, now that we have had incenses, so many parts of our rituals, like the like smell of the incense kind of helps me get into that headspace. And then having activities that you have some muscle memory for. So a lot of times I'll light candles and it's not just going through the motions of lighting the candles, but it's, for me, it's a lot of it is like the feeling of what it feels like to light the candle and see the flame grow from your lighter to the wick and like and then like putting it in place and setting everything up and setting up uh, a ritual space to help you get into the right mindset i think that as you do more rituals you get more practiced at how it feels for you to do a ritual and you find your own things that you want to incorporate. Some people, bells, singing bowls, or things that make tones or noises. They might light incense, they might light candles, they might have a specific place in their house or in their yard or just a space that they've kind of consecrated by doing lots of rituals in it. So like being in that space helps you get in the right headspace, lighting the candle or ringing the bell or lighting the incense and setting all of the things in place for the ritual. All of these things really help to get you into the right headspace and also help you get out of your regular mind, your regular mindset, get out of the the chatter and kind of quiet your head and feel still inside of yourself. And there's no wrong way to do a ritual. Any way that you do it is correct. And as you do it more often, at first it might feel a little self-conscious to do these things, but as you do them more often, that feeling goes away and feeling confident and getting in the quiet space and then the centered feeling inside of yourself really grows. And I think it's really powerful to do all of these things to really help you set your internal landscape correctly to do rituals.
some of the things you can incorporate into your rituals if you choose to would be things like drumming and dancing and having a fire, chanting, meditation can be part of a ritual. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's what gets you there. Mm-hmm. What's special and what I think part of the purpose of bringing in these elements is to create a sacred space, mm-hmm. a space that's different from our day-to-day life space that somehow has a deeper meaning than mm-hmm. just mundane life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you can bring in whatever elements work for you. One of the things that I would just like to say and point out is that you don't have to have any particular spirituality or religion or things like that. A lot of times ritual does get couched in discussions of spirituality and in religion. And I do think that happens because of a lot of the time different religions and different forms of spirituality throughout the ages have involved ritual. But if you don't feel like you are a particularly spiritual person or a religious person, that doesn't mean that you can't benefit from rituals in general. It goes back to what you were saying with the ritual of getting ready for a date or even something like getting ready for a job interview. I know that for me, when I get ready to go see my dad and my stepmom, I have to get myself into the right headspace to kind of deal with that. And I have different rituals around those things. For me, bathing a lot of times is very ritualistic. I think a lot of people avoid getting into ritual because they've been burned by religion or don't feel particularly spiritual, and so they don't think it is. And I think that that is an unfortunate mindset that you might want to look at if you are a person that has avoided ritual because you don't feel tied to religion or spirituality. I think there's different types of rituals we can practice. I do my erotic affirmations each morning, which is a type of ritual that I Mm -hmm. perform. And it's very powerful and transform our lives. Mm -hmm. We become what we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. Our mind talk is a type of self-fulfilling prophecy. Unfortunately, we can change our mind talk. And so rituals can be simple or they can be very complex. I've been to some very complex rituals that had a lot of procedures and very strict protocols. Mm -hmm. I like the more fun ones. And when I run Aphrodite's temple, we often bring play ritual and dancing and just letting the inner child come out and play. Mm -hmm. So ritual can be very powerful and ways to get out of our adult headspace being too serious in life. And Mm -hmm. so I like to bring in that kind of fun element Mm -hmm. and get out of that serious-minded 
because when we get too serious, it can play a heavy toll in our lives. I also think that another thing, uh, another misconception some people have about ritual is that it's always drawn out or time-consuming or this long thing. And I know that I have certain personal rituals that are just short, small things that do. As you've trained me to change my mind talk when I notice myself saying something negative about myself, I stop long enough to ask myself, is this true? I don't think it is. Think that oh, this might be true or that might be true. And it's something that takes like 15 seconds, you know, 30 seconds. But to me, it still feels very much like a ritual because it is this thing that I have a lot of energy built around that almost happens automatically for me now. So ritual also isn't just this long thing that you have to pull out your candles and your incense and and do a whole lot with. It can also be the short things that uh, keep you sane in this crazy world. And one of the things I do for ritual is I set up an altar. Sometimes it's a very simple altar, or I'll use the altar in my bedroom times. And that I put things that really have meaning for me. I've got fairies on my altar. I've got a big wooden phallus and art piece of a kind of conceptual vulva. And I've got lots of sex icons on my altar because I'm real big into the sex thing. But whatever gives you meaning, put on your altar. And it can be very small. It can be compact. You can keep it in a box most of the time mm -hmm. and pull it out for those special occasions. But I pick things that have significant meaning. And some things are tied to specific events that were very powerful in my life. So whatever you want to put on your altar, pull those things together. I, I think that uh, another thing is a lot of people, they have rituals that they don't call rituals. But one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic this week is because things like a lot of people have rituals around the holidays. You might have a movie that you watch with your family every year, or or at least that you have to watch every year. Maybe your ritual is that you watch Die Hard with your best friend every Christmas, and like that's your thing. Or you make your mom's recipe for a specific kind of cookie. Or you call your grandmother on Christmas Eve, whatever it is, and the, the, these things become parts of our lives, and they are rituals, but a lot of times when you don't think of it as a ritual, I don't think that it loses its meaning or its importance, but I think that because of the nature of ritual, when you realize that those things are rituals and you kind of add intention to it, 
it helps to amplify the meaning of the ritual and the power of it. And I think that that's why a lot of families create family rituals, I think. And a lot of rituals don't start off as a ritual that people intend to do. It just is a thing you do two or three times in a row, and then you realize you want to make that kind of a a thing that you do every year or once a month or however it, it happens. And I think that that's also really powerful. And I think that sometimes people have lost track of the magic that they have in their life by not understanding the power of it or the importance of it. And I think by taking time to honor these different things that we have formed as being as powerful as they are, I think we can rediscover some of the magic that's already in our lives. Boy, time flies when we do these shows. We're already to station break. (laughs) And I've gotten the Sacred Sex Temple up. It's ladyboytemple.com. So if you want to join us for Aphrodite's virtual once a month, we're doing it on the last Sunday of each month. And I am screening who can come. Basically, I don't want people coming in and that are disrespectful of the space. Mm-hmm. And so I do ask that you sign up on our website. So that's ladyboy, L-A-D-Y, B-O-Y, temple all one word, dot com. And I also have my new website up, gg2gs, wilbur.com, which is my sex coaching business website. And if you want sex coaching, some guidance in your sex life, some maybe even tips, I also have a blog on that website that gives some insights and some information about sexuality and very different manifestations. So check out the blog. And then we also have my old website, which is ravenslayerleather.com. Check out all three. Anything you want to add to Station Break? So at both the Ravenslayer website, and I also believe the G.G. Wilbur website, you will have access to the training videos that we do. If there are any areas in your sex life that you kind of want to brush up on and learn a little bit more about, there's a link to our Patreon page there. Or you could visit patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi. And for the sex temple website. I believe the next time, correct me if I'm wrong, the next time that we're doing Temple is at the end of January, not the end of December, correct? Yeah. Oh, I guess we're already at the end. So it will be the end of January. Sunday, January 31st. Sunday, January 31st will be our next virtual Temple gathering. And we'd love to see all your shining faces or avatars if you don't want (laughs) to. on video 
which is completely fine. We totally respect whatever form of anonymity that you want to have for this. But yeah, that I think that that's it from me. For our next Aphrodite's Temple virtual gathering, our topic discussion is what does sex mean to you? What is sexual energy and what has sex brought to your life? And then we'll have experiential activities for the second part, a guided exercise on raising sexual energy, utilizing erotic meditation and erotic self-pleasuring. And the hands-on is optional. You can just observe, take part in it. So I believe that will bring us back to the topic at hand. And one of the things really powerful to me about this whole concept of ritual and ceremony and the mindset that goes into it is that I find that doing lots of rituals and ceremonies and making my own, one of the things that it makes me very aware of is the power that I have to change my internal landscape. Because we live in a chaotic world and we can't always affect how how things come down the pipeline and we can't always affect what that world will look like but we can always affect how we react to to what comes our way and i think that through doing ritual i have learned that sometimes a small tweak and a small change helps me to start seeing the world in a little different light. It starts to make me feel better about different aspects of my life. It renews my energy and my drive to move forward in the world. It can help me wrestle with difficult emotions. I understand that I have depression. I have clinical depression, and I'm not trying to say that this is going to be a magic bullet, and if you start doing this, it's going to make you happy. I understand sometimes, like, brain stuff isn't like flipping a switch, but I also feel that through doing rituals, I can slowly change my day-to-day reaction to things. I have an easier time noticing when something isn't feeling right inside of me and understanding where those feelings are coming from and having some control over how I react to those feelings inside of me. The feelings might still be overwhelming, but it allows me to understand why I'm feeling the way that I am and to try to make a change at how I approach my life. And like I said, it helps me change that internal landscape, which really can change your life a whole lot. I think for me, it also brings a 
more mindful experience to life. I'm more fully present in my life. I know for a long time in my early life, I just kind of drifted through life without much purpose or direction. And I think one of the powers of ritual is that it can be kind of a set up some guideposts for us. It can get us in touch with our passions and what we want to achieve during our life. I know that for me, I started exploring what kind of mark do I want to leave in the world? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go with my life? And these are things that came about through meditation and through practicing different rituals each day. It doesn't come overnight, and it's not an overnight fix. But I know that it does help with my overall mood. I don't get... I used to get real depressed, and now I'm very good with life. In fact, I often wake up very excited about my day coming up. And it gives me a purpose and direction. Whereas before, I just felt like I was going through the usual grind of life and didn't really have a overall purpose. Has it brought you anything like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's brought me a lot of clarity, I think. I used to have a lot of problems not even recognizing when things were wrong with me. It can sound weird to anyone who hasn't experienced it, but I'm sure that some of our listeners might resonate with, I used to have a big problem with not recognizing not only that I was depressed in the moment, but that I had been really depressed for a very long time. I would think I was fine. And I knew that I was a little down, a little blue, but I thought that it was something I could handle and it was no big deal. And it would take me sometimes months to realize that not only was I depressed in that moment, but I had been depressed for months and months. And it was only after I started to come out of these major bouts of depression that I could even realize that I had been depressed for that whole time. And I think that the clarity of mind that I get through doing different rituals and through deciding different aspects of my life that I set up a ritual around to work on and add focus to some area of my life helps me to recognize when something is coming up, when I'm falling into old bad habits and patterns, when something isn't quite right. And I think that it's really powerful. I think another thing we haven't really touched too deeply on yet is the sex magic. Mm -hmm. Sex magic can be such a powerful force, as been in my life. There is a concept of the sigil. The sigil is, it can be an object, it can be a painting, it can be a poem, it can be any number of things. But basically it represents the intent of what you're trying to accomplish in your sex magic. 
Now, for me, when I get in the throes of orgasm, it's hard for me to focus on the intent of the ritual or Mm -hmm. to focus on what I'm really wanting to achieve. Utilizing a sigil, I can look at the sigil or play a recording of a poem or any number of things. And when I reach, get really close to that orgasm, I can hit the play button, look at the object or whatever I choose to use as my sigil, and just let the power of the sigil carry through the orgasm at a very deep level. And when we bring that primal energy into our magic workings, into helping us focus our life to accomplish certain goals or things that we want to accomplish, that triggers something deep within us, I think. I know it does for me. That primal energy just kind of seeps through my subconscious mind and gets me working for myself instead of against myself. I know, for me, one of the powerful things in sex magic is in lots of different traditions, people have done different things to bring about altered states and heightened states of being. Sometimes people fast to get there, sometimes People use psychedelic drugs to get there. Sometimes people use pain and BDSM to get there. Sometimes people do intense meditation for hours and hours and hours to get there. Sometimes the Native Americans would dance until they were exhausted to get there. And you can use sex as a means to get there. And it's particularly powerful once you learn to start edging. Because one of the things about edging is the first time you get close to an orgasm, like you could let yourself go over the edge and have a nice orgasm and it would feel great. And it feels powerful to get to that moment. But if you get in this um, flow of bringing yourself close to orgasm and then pulling that feeling down a little bit and bringing yourself close to orgasm and staying there a little bit longer and then bringing it down again and then bringing yourself close to orgasm and staying on the edge even longer and then bringing it down again. And the more cycles that you do through this, you get to this place where your brain is so flooded with serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin and all of these feelings like you start to I know that on the show before we've discussed out-of-body orgasms and I know that for me when it gets really intense like the boundaries of where my body feels it ends kind of starts to rise beyond my body, I start to feel things in my body that defy logical understanding. The feelings are so intense, the brain can't even really comprehend everything that's going on 
in your body. And if you do this as just regular edging, it feels great and it feels amazing. But when you do this in conjunction with the sex rituals, with sex magic, and have set your intention beforehand, like it helps to amplify the like the power of the working that you're doing and feels absolutely incredible and really like cements it in your mind and lets you have a touchstone to come back to later when you're thinking back on the ritual that you went through. And I think that that's one of the things that makes it very, very powerful. I think for me, it changes my mindset in a very profound way. It's like when I get into that state, it's a state of altered consciousness in a way, a higher consciousness. Through psychology, we've learned that the subconscious controls a lot of parts of our lives that we're not even aware of. And I kind of think about it like this. I've known, I once had a friend that was very uh, kind of suspicious and guarded and used to tell himself, oh, people are out to get you, you got to watch out. Kept telling himself these things. And then I knew another friend that he thought, people bring opportunities if we just listen close enough. People are good and people have an amazing potential that can help me. Now, which person do you think is going to be open to meeting someone off chance and finding something really amazing and powerful that can help them in their life? Now, I know the person that's guarded, they're not, their focus is on, oh, I've got to watch out for me, protect myself. And the person that's kind of looking for potential in others is going to go, oh, wow. My focus is on what their gifts and how we can combine forces and do wondrous things in the world. And so our attitudes play a lot of how we perceive the world and what we can get out of the world. And I think that's the power of ritual. It helps us develop a better attitude in life. Any thoughts? Yeah, that goes into intention as well. And it's really an interesting thing to me, the setting intention in a ritual and deciding meaning for yourself because it gets back again to one of the things I was saying about how it gave me a lot more feeling of having some control over myself and over over my life and, and what I see in the world and how I approach the world and things like that. And I, I think that a lot of times people get caught up in this idea of what they think they should want out of things because either their upbringing or what the culture at large or society at large tells them is necessary. And I think one of the powers of 
being able to set your own intentions for a ritual is that is a personal choice that only you can make, that no one else can make for you, and that you really can kind of take the, the steering wheel of your own life and, and really go where you want to go. Oftentimes in our culture, we're so conditioned to do what we should do or do what we're expected to do by others. And I think the power of ritual helps us refocus and re-clarify, well, where do we want to go with our own life? What do I want to become, not what should I become, is based on others. So that can be a very powerful paradigm shift, I think. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, Gigi, this is an example from your life, but I think it illustrates very well my point. I know that for you, you personally don't like going to funerals. You'll go to different events that celebrate someone's life. You'll go to a memorial service, but you don't find any personal attachment to funerals and feel that they don't work for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that the thing that society tells you is that it's rude to not go to someone's funeral, especially if they were someone that you were very close to or powerful to. But I know that for you, that doesn't mean that you don't mourn that person, that you don't feel very strongly about not having that person in in your life, but I know that it just means that you do it in a, in a different way, and that's something that you have chosen, that is a way you have chosen to be in the world, and whether certain people in society might think that that seems rude or callous because the funeral is how they have socialized themselves as the appropriate form of mourning doesn't affect you. You know that it's not disrespectful to not go to someone's funeral. And when we've talked about it in the past, it, it's really kind of hit me how special and powerful that was. I think it's a matter of perspective. It's not that it's bad to go to funerals, if that's your thing, but it's not my thing. When I go to a memorial service, I go and celebrate the person's life and and remember the impact their life had on mine. I'm not into seeing someone get buried in the ground. <laughs> but that's my perspective. And I want to remember not just the sense of loss, but also the sense of the impact they had on me. And that, to me, is very powerful. It helps me carry them in my heart. But, yeah, that touches on many things. And my father was a minister, and his expectation was that I should go to funerals. And my family was appalled when I wouldn't go to my grandmother's funeral. And I said, no, I'd rather remember her and do a memorial. And I did my own private memorial. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I want to try to communicate 
to people because I think sometimes people are hurt because the expectations that other people have of how something should make them feel or how they should react to something or how they should celebrate or mourn or or be in the world because it doesn't work for them and those expectations don't meet up with expectations. I think that sometimes people internalize a lot of negative feelings around that, like they must be wrong or broken or there must be something terribly wrong with them. And I don't think that that's true. And I think that this is one of the powerful tools that ritual gives us because ritual is so personalized and because ritual is whatever you choose to make of it. And you can form your own rituals and you can reject whatever rituals don't work for you. So if any of the listeners out there have this feeling that they don't know why they don't react the way that other people react to certain kinds of rituals and why something doesn't have the meaning for them that other people think that it should have. If you're someone who feels this way and feels like there's something wrong, I just want to let you know there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with not being able to have some kind of ritual work the way that it does for most people and that, you know, it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you broken. If you don't like birthday parties, but your family wants to throw you one every year and it makes you feel out of sorts and you don't like being the center of attention, there's nothing wrong with that feeling. If you don't like going to funerals and always feel uncomfortable when you're there and you think that other people badly of you for not being in the right spirit or thanksgiving at grandma's house is a thing that the rest of the whole family is into but you can't get into that feeling and just want to skip like and this year you should skip most of the time because we need to stay safe if you find yourself in the the boat where you don't relate the same way that is expected of you, that there's nothing wrong with that feeling. And it doesn't mean you can't get to that same place in a different way. And if you find a way to get there on your own, no matter what that looks like for you, that is okay. And that is perfect. And it's actually good that you can find it. One of my thoughts in the past, and I still think this way, we don't come with an owner's manual. We don't have a diagram to show us the right directions. But I think that's what ritual has done for me. It's given me those guideposts in life. It gives me that direction, and it serves as a, a loosely based owner's manual, if I may. It's not exactly that precise, but it gives me, helps me get in tune with what's right for me, not what I should be. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that, to me, is the real power of ritual. It helps me find where I want to go in life and what I want to be in life. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. So to me, ritual and rituals are a tool, and they're kind of an interesting tool because you can make it whatever you want. You can make it in any way that you want. And I think that going back to sex magic and things like that, so for some people, sex is a thing that they do to connect and have a lot of feelings of romantic love, and it's something that they do strictly with someone that they feel romantic about, and that is the tool that sex is for them. For other people, they might use it as that tool and use it as something that is fun and enjoyable and just that feels good and makes their body feel good and gives them exercise or makes them feel connected to humanity in general or to nature or to the world. For some people, it's not a tool that they find particularly useful. People who are asexual may either be not particularly interested in sex, but that's okay. There's no wrong way of using these tools. And the the nice thing about ritual is that it is something that is kind of amorphous, that you can kind of shape any way that works for you. Oh, and we're coming close to the end of our... <laughs> Top of the hour. That's been quite a good show tonight. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I'd like to recap with on all this is that, as I said before, we don't come with an owner's manual. And for a long time, I felt so lost and and didn't have the guidepost. And whether it's through sex magic or sex work rituals or purely just rituals and meditation. There are so many different things you can incorporate into your own personal rituals that work for you. And I think that's the key is to, in searching in my path, I found the things that really worked inside my head, inside my feelings, inside my heart, and forming that genital heart connection, that that creative life energy force within us all and mixing it with compassion and guidance of the heart for me has given me a good roadmap so to speak in life and whatever rituals work for you it's, it's through ritual we can find our roadmap whatever that form or shape that takes And to me, that's the power of ritual, is to discover for ourselves what do we want to be, who are we, and what do we want to become. Any last thoughts? So to kind of recap some of my main feelings around rituals, rituals can include other people or not. They can include different tools and implements, incense, spells, candles, whatnot, or not include any at all. They can be 
steeped in whatever tradition speaks to you and makes sense to you, or completely of your own design. Rituals can be serious affairs that you prepare for days for and create all of this stuff around it, or they could be very simple little things that you do. And none of those things matter. What matters is how it makes you feel and how you come out of it. It serves you. And how it serves you. And ritual is very important and very powerful. And yet it is also completely playful and it can be silly. It can include any kind of feelings that you want to bring about. There is no right or wrong way to do rituals. And I think that that's one of the things that makes them really beautiful. And as you were talking, it reminded me, I used to do a ritual, my masturbation dance. I dance naked in front of a mirror and masturbate. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just getting into this frenzied state of ecstasy, dancing and masturbating. And, ah, it was my happy masturbation dance ritual. (laughs) (laughs) So rituals can be any number of things, whatever works for you. I mean, that one took me to a very amazing place in my head. (laughs) So try out different things. There's many types of things I've tried in ritual and different forms of ritual I attempted in the past. Some things worked really good. Mm -hmm. Some things didn't work at all. And so find out what works for you, what calls to you. Have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions and celebrate your life and your body through ritual and through sex magic, if that's your thing, through self-pleasuring and bring yourself to new heights of ecstasy. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. 
some explore everything sexual. <laughs>